Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk About It podcast. I am your host, Apostle Rosemary of RCN Ministries. My husband, Apostle Herbie Neverson, is also here with us on today. And today we are going to talk about the church responsibility. What are the church's responsibilities in today's society when we're dealing with racism, discrimination, when we're dealing with um, combating so many different things? How do we as spiritual leaders, how do we approach these types of conversations? How do we open up the floor to be able to come together in unity, in oneness, um, in love, and begin to dissect what we begin to see going on in today's society, in today's culture. And this is something that's not just happening here in America, but this is something that's happening globally. So there is a responsibility that we as spiritual leaders in the churches that we have here, we have everywhere, should I say. And we need to understand that we cannot sit silent in this hour. We cannot condone um, behavior from professing Christians that we are entrusted to for their spiritual care as shepherds, and they are the sheep. We cannot sit silent and allow all of this, um, the biases, all of the hate, all of the animosity, all of the chaos, all of the discord, all of the rebellion take place and still say that we are Christians. We cannot condone it. And so God is holding each and every one of us responsible. We're going to open with a scripture, um, and this scripture will be coming from James 1, chapter 19. Understand this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Let everyone be quick to hear, be a careful, thoughtful listener, slow to speak, a speaker of carefully chosen words, and slow to anger, patient reflective, forgiving. Listen, men and women, we need to understand what James chapter 1 verse 19 is saying. As his beloved brothers and sisters, we must stand united in unity and in love. We must understand that we need to be what the scripture says. Let everyone be quick to hear And when we're quick to hear, be a careful, thoughtful listener. So in other words, we need to learn how to hear more and to speak less. Because the second part of that says, slow to speak, a speaker of carefully chosen words, and slow to anger, patience, reflective, and forgiving. What has happened is so many people are so quick to cross talk, so quick to not listen, so quick to not understand what the other side is saying. But as people of God, we must do better. As children of God, we must do better. We need to learn how to be quick to hear and slow to speak. In other words, that means when someone is talking, then you sit there patiently and you listen attentively with an open heart from the open ears that is being receptive of what they are saying. It does not mean when someone is talking that you have to cross talk them or you have to stop them. 
because I don't want to hear what they have to say. It's 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 irrelevant. It doesn't pertain to me. It's it's nothing. The devil is a liar. We need to learn how to hush and let the other person talk. Let the other person vent. Let the other person tell what they're dealing with because it's not about you, but it's something that they feel as though they need to address. So be quick to hear and slow to speak. Be quiet and let them voice their opinions. Once they've done that, then in love, you can come back because why you've listened attentively with an open heart from God and now you've understood what they're saying. You've understood their plight. You have not listened and, and with animosity, but you've listened in love and you've realized that, you know what? There's more to this. Let me be the change I desire to see in others. We need to understand something else. That as people of God, we need to do this. We need to grieve together. Racism, even the word, evokes all kinds of emotions in people. Truthfully, nothing that anyone can preach or teach about will be more negatively um, receptive and negative feedback that's given than a topic on the topic of racism. But we must all have the basic responsibility to do what the word says in, in Romans 12 and 15. Again, that is Romans 12 and 15. When it says that we are to weep with those who weep. Whether we understand their pain, whether we understand our neighbors, our neighbors may be of different colors, different races, different ethnicities, whether we agree about whatever their problems that they have, whether we agree on the solutions that they come up with, we cannot let our hearts grow hard to the pain and the suffering of racism when it continues to inflict and be inflicted upon our fellow men and women. So we don't let anyone cry alone, but when they weep, we weep with those who weep, according to Romans 12 and 15. We need to listen long and speak less. It says in James 1 and 19 through verse 20, my dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. We need to understand a person of color's plight may not be a white person's plight. A white person's plight may not be a person of color's plight. But guess what? We all have a plight. And no one else's plight is more important than the other person. We need to understand this. We need to understand that because they're my brothers and my sisters, when they hurt, I hurt. When they weep, I weep. When they lose a loved one, I lose a loved one. Why? Because I am my father's child. I have the compassion. I have the heart of my father, my heavenly father. 
We need to understand that we need to be able to do what you and I can do to resolve any issues, any problems that our brothers and sisters are facing. When we begin to notice and look at the word in the text of Proverbs 3 and 27, it says, when it is in your power, don't withhold good from the one to whom it belongs. Don't hold back the goodness in your heart. Don't hold back the goodness that you've seen in other people, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their ethnicities, regardless of what culture they grew up in, where they came from. Don't withhold good. Don't do that. When it's within your power, to whom it belongs. In Luke 11, it wasn't that the priests and the Levite didn't have the ability to help. They just didn't take the responsibility to do so. So they passed by, but there was a Samaritan that stopped and helped. We may not be able to do everything, but guess what? There is something we can affix our hands to. There's someone that's hurting that we can bring comfort to. There is something that we can apply ourselves to do to help our fellow brothers and sisters. Speak to be heard. Remember this. Many times people are mumbling, but we need to speak to be heard as it is written in Proverbs 31 verses 8 through 9. It says, speak up for those who have no voice for the justice of all who are dispossessed. Speak up, judge righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and the needy. The worst thing we can do is sit silent as men and women of God. Why? Because we are enabling those who perpetuate the hate the division, the discord, the maliciousness. We cannot stay silent, people. We cannot stay silent. We have a voice. We have influence that God has given you that has long remained dormant while those who have less influence have been overlooked and oppressed. My Lord. When we begin to look at Proverbs 25 and 11, and it says, a word spoken at the right time is like gold apples in silver settings. Myths, declarations, phone calls, and articles like this aren't everything. They aren't. But guess what? It's a start. It's a place to start and to build upon that. When we've mastered this area to just speak up, speak up for those who are in need, speak up for those who are longing, speak up for those who need help, those who need the love, those who have been rejected. If we can just speak up, keep sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we want to contrast the gospel work with being a sort of a social worker or 
in some type of a society environment. But you know what? The gospel is a type of work that has pinpoint accuracy, that it cuts away the rot, the decay, the stench, and it gets to the bottom of the infection of racism, of discrimination. Let us pray that God uses us as that two-edged sword. Let's pray that we are, we are that scalpel in the hands of the master. The gospel still reconciles that all kind of people can come to God. And as a result, it removes the dividing walls between us. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 to 15, and it reads, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who made both group groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In his flesh, he made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations so that he might create in himself one new man from the two, resulting in peace. We need to understand that when we begin to look at this word, it goes back to let us know that we are one man. We may look differently. We may um, have grown up in different cultures, different ethnicities, but guess what? We're still of the same bloodline. We both, we all bleed red. We're all children created in the image of God. And guess what? There's no big eyes, no little U's. There's no superior races. There's only one race, and that's the human race. We need to understand that we must reconcile with God and with one another. We must understand that we cannot allow ourselves to be taken and distracted, taken off course of our mandates given to each and every one of us by God. We need to understand that we cannot get distracted in this season. And we need to understand that when I hurt, my brothers and sisters hurt. When I cry, my brothers and sisters cry. We need to understand this. We need to understand that Jesus is love and he's calling each and every one of us to do his work, to preach the gospel to every man, woman, boy and girl, to preach his gospel throughout the world. This gospel is the gospel of truth. It is unadulterated, it cannot be watered down. We cannot add to it, we cannot subtract from it. My God, but we have to minister and preach the gospel authentically, pure, pure hearts, clean hands. Oh my God, in the minds of Christ. You see, when we come to God, the word of God says that the old man passes away, behold, all things become new. 
We need to understand. And understand this very, very carefully, people. Do you know if you've had an experience? Or do you know if you've encountered God? You see the flesh, and I've spoken about that on this podcast. Uh, Experience versus encounter was the title of that podcast. You see, I can I can sit here and I can tell you boldly and profess this. Those that we see professing God, but living, talking, hating, oh God, and saying that they're Christians, they've only had an experience, an experience of what it means to be a Christian. If I say I'm a Christian, then everyone's going to leave me alone. No, the devil is a liar. There are fruits that we must examine. We must be fruit inspectors in this season. We cannot let men and women say that they're children of God and be receptive of everything that rolls out of their mouth. Ah, the devil is a liar. We have to examine the fruits that hang off the branches of the trees that they represent. We have to know without a shadow of a doubt if the fruit is good or if it's rotten. Is it sweet or is it bitter? We need to understand this. We need to understand that I cannot sit at every table. I can't eat from everybody. I can't drink from every stream. Oh God, I can't take all of this contamination and pollution into my body and say it's of God. The word of God tells us that we are to present our body as a holy sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. For this is our reasonable service unto him. So how can we present our bodies when we're taking in a bunch of junk that is not of God? Why? Because we're listening to people that are ministering and they've only had an experience. How do I know? Again, the flesh can live and exist in an experience. But when we encounter God, everything dies on the altar of sacrifice. When we encounter God, he changes us from the old man to the new man. How do I know that? Ask Jacob. Call Jacob to the witness stand. My God, Jacob came in contact with the angel and the word tells us that Jacob wrestled all night long until the breaking of day. And then he would not let the angel go and the angel let him know he needed to let him go for day breaks. I'm paraphrasing it, but I'm telling y'all something. And then he began to say, but I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. My God, the angel touched Jacob's hip joint and his hip was dislocated and Jacob began to walk from that day forth with a limp but I want to tell somebody that's listening on today the evidence that you wrestled with God and you did not win but that he took you from Jacob to Israel because you had found favor with man and with God my God because you held on and you did not let go ah that the limp that you have that leftover thing, that thorn in your flesh that Paul talks about, that very thing that you have is your evidence 
that you had an encounter with God. And when you encountered him, there is some evidence in the residue of what you had gone through. That he, he touched you, huh? my God, and you were never the same again. He impacted your life. Uh, and when he impacted you, he gave you the ability to impact others' lives and to begin to transform the lives of other people. Why? Because he transformed your life first. My God. My God. Thank you, Jesus. I want to turn this part over and up. Apostle Herbie is going to read two scriptures. Then we're going to pray. And then we're going to go ahead and dismiss. But we pray that this message reaches many of you on today and blesses many of you on today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now you collectively are Christ's body and individually. You are members of it, each with its own special purpose and function. 28 says, so God has appointed a, a place in the church for his own use. First, apostles chosen by Christ. Second, prophets, those who foretell the future. Those who speak in a new message from God to the people. Third, teachers. Then those who work miracles. Then those with the gifts of healing. The, the helper, the administrator and speaker in various kinds of unknown tongues. I want to leave this with you, Apostle Herbie and I. It is time for the people of God to awaken to their mandates in this season. 1 Corinthians 28, 12, chapter 12, verse 28 tells us that we are the body of God. And then in 1 Corinthians 12 and 27, it says that the church is the body of Christ. It is time for us to rise up. It is time for us to awaken in this season, in this hour. It is time for us to come together as the, the book of Acts. It is time for us to be the people of God. In the earth realm. It is time for us to step into dominion and authority that was given to us back in the Garden of Eden. Because guess what? The Lord has all power in his hand. And nothing that the world does can affect the people of God. The problem is people are not in God the way they need to be. We're not being the church the way he called us to be. It's time for us to arise in this hour. And it's time for us to take back what God had already given us. Dominion, power, and authority in him, through him. And we need to understand this. That so many are professing and people are being led astray. And the problem is the church is staying silent. But the church has a responsibility. Hmm. Leaders have a responsibility. It's time out for motivational speakers. 
in the churches and professing that they're pastors and leaders. It's time out for racist pastors in the church, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of race, regardless of color. It does not matter. It is wrong. It is against the word of God. And the devil is a liar because it cannot stand when we stand in righteousness and we speak truth. We call sin, sin. My God. So we pray that today this message blesses you on the responsibility of the church. The church responsibility in today's society, in today's culture, globally around the world. Let us pray before we end this podcast. Dear Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we just thank you on today, God. Lord, we lift every person that got, took the opportunity to get onto this podcast on today. Lord, we thank you that my husband, Apostle Herbie, was able to be on the podcast with us today, God. Father God, we, we just speak over each and every person on this podcast that, Lord, you begin to do surgery on them. Lord, begin to cut away anything that is not of you in their hearts, in their minds, Father God. Lord, allow them to love unconditionally. Lord, allow them to see you in every person. Lord, we come against the devil. We come against the enemy, the adversary. Father God, that's bringing division, that's bringing racism, discrimination in all of these different areas in our lives. And Father God, start at your church. Because we know that's the first place that you're going to start and bring correction. So, Father God, for every leader who's not lining up, for every leader who's become a motivational speaker, for every leader who's begin to run after the filthy lucre and not after you, God, for every leader that's allowing hate to live in their hearts and in their people, their sheep as their shepherds, Father God, wake them up, shape them in this season, in this hour. Bring them to a place of repentance. And God, if they will not repent, remove them, God. Remove them from lying and poisoning and causing division and discord in your people. Because God, you are love. So Father, we thank you. We thank you, God. But we ask for mercy for each and every one of them who's gone astray. For each and every one of them, God who has hidden agendas to each and every last one of them who have pimped and prostituted your word and your people. So Father God, we thank you, God. Lord, we pray that they get it right, that they repent. But God, we ask for mercy. Lord, that they will turn from their wicked ways and they will return to their first love. And they will correct the things that they've torn down concerning you and your gospel to the world. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen and amen. 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 We thank you again on today for joining us here on Let's Talk About It podcast. Again, I am your host, Apostle Rosemary of RCN Ministries and OSGA Apostolic Network. Um, my husband, Apostle Herbie, is here today, and we just want to honor him and tell him thank you so much for joining us. God bless you and God keep you until next week.